welcome to this podcast designed to help aspiring teachers take those fearful first steps with courage and determination. My name's Andrea. I've been working in the TEFL industry for many years in various roles, including head of studies, director of studies, teacher trainer, and as a freelance teacher. If you've ever felt nervous about starting out as a new teacher, you're not the only one. So many people are taking those fearful first steps after gaining their certificate, but you don't have anything to worry about. Here you're going to receive tips, tricks and useful tactics that will set you up for success in your job in the TEFL industry. During this podcast, I'm having a chat with Oli Levido, who currently teaches English as a foreign language in Bolivia. He's been working there for two years since getting his CELTA certificate. So as a reasonably new TEFL teacher, he's going to give you his insights into teaching kids face-to-face and more recently online. And he'll explain what you can expect if you're interested in teaching English online to children in China. Welcome, Ollie. Thank you very much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And you're calling all the way from Bolivia, is that right? I am. I mean, actually, it's the biggest city in Bolivia, Santa Cruz. Not many people know it, but it, it's the biggest city. It's the warmest. Uh, it's it's a great has a great atmosphere here. Nice, very nice. But you're not Bolivian, obviously. I'm sure people are figuring that <laughs> out from your accent right now. Where are you from? Yeah, I'm actually from Australia. Uh, I'm from the Hunter Valley area in Australia. Very good. Very good. So, well, I think we should start by really understanding what is an Australian doing living in Bolivia and what's your background of being a teacher there? That is a great question. I actually, I used to work with the director of this school back in the UK in 2011 on my gap year. And I was studying international relations and languages at university in Canberra. And I finished that in 2018. And I was still looking for a job uh, in Canberra and my options were sort of getting smaller and smaller. And then I saw a job advertisement on her Facebook page asking for teachers in Bolivia. And I thought, oh, hmm." the previous year I had gone to Brazil and I always wanted to come back to South America. And I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity. I know nothing about teaching, but I'm just going to go for it. What do I need? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? Um, and she replied to me and we, I did my, my uh, CELTA course and uh, the rest is history. I've been here for almost two years. <laughs> wow. So did you do your CELTA course in Bolivia or did you do it before you went? Yeah, I did it in Sydney before I came here. So I, I, in January of 2019, I did straight out of uni into a month of CELTA, which was, oh, wow, <laughs> tough stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, these, these, you know, short month intensive uh, teacher training courses are, they're designed to test you, but they're super rewarding and yeah. probably one of the best experiences I've had. And then I got, got off the CELTA and I came straight to Bolivia and I've kind of just been nonstop teaching since, since uh, February last year. Oh, fantastic. So no regrets then and all good experiences? No, absolutely not. Yeah. The thing is, I I love teaching English. I've 
grown to love it at the start I was a little unsure because when you start something you're like you feel like you don't really know what you're doing and maybe it's not the thing for you but I grew to love English teaching and I see myself doing it for a long time I'm actually moving to Brazil next month to continue at a different school so it's 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 been a great experience Oh, that's brilliant. I think our new teachers listening in will be will be glad to hear that because I think a lot of people are just coming off their their courses as well, whether it's SALTA, TEFL, TESOL, um, and they're probably just wondering what they're going to do and, and whether English is going to play a part in, in their lives. So it's good to hear that you, you've enjoying the experience and it's going well. Yeah, there's there are plenty of opportunities here in South America as well. It's a it's a fabulous part of the world. I really I really love it. I do. Do you plan to stay in Brazil for another two years? Yeah, I kind of have the philosophy that I have like a two year plan. I plan for two years, and then at the end of the first year, I like reassess where I'm going, where where I think my life is going. So definitely for two years, and then at the end of the first year, see if I'm enjoying it. See if I want to move to a different city in Brazil because it's it's a massive place as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and this is the advantage of teaching English, isn't it? That it's um, it's something that you can take with you wherever you go. And now we're working more and more online, even better. Exactly. When I was at university and before I even considered teaching English, I didn't even really consider this an option. I didn't even think about it. And I'm so grateful that I saw that ad on Facebook and it's basically changed my life. And it's yeah, I can travel almost anywhere. And um, we're actually going to be talking today about teaching online as well as teaching kids. So it's going to be really interesting to hear about that and your experience. And um, but I want to get to know a little bit more about you. And um, what would you say has been the the biggest culture shock that you've had uh, living in Bolivia? And have you had any funny or embarrassing moments happen to you? Uh, that's a good question uh culture shock more so that I arrived in Santa Cruz and not many people speak English here I mean why would they it's a Spanish-speaking country uh I I fortunately can speak Spanish more or less now I can survive but when I first arrived like going to the supermarket or going uh, into a restaurant and not knowing how things are done because I didn't understand what was going on that was really like, oh, wow. Um, so that shocked me. Um, and the processes to like do things here are quite difficult. Like if I've had to, I got my visa here and you have to go to immigration and then you have to go to a different uh, place to uh, authorize that. And then you go to the bank to pay. You can't do everything in the same place, which in Australia, I think you can. It's more uh, basic how to do things. Whereas here, it's really hard. Uh, so that kind of, yeah was weird at the start so what about something funny or embarrassing um maybe not maybe not funny or embarrassing but um there's not many tourists that pass through this city so the the expat community is actually tiny so whenever i go to a a local uh, a fresh food market or a market in general i'm always looked at because I, I, do, I look different to the Bolivians. Like I, I have a red beard. I've got kind of red blondish hair. Um, so I guess people look at me and I feel a little bit like I love people watching. But when people look at me and it's obvious, I feel a little bit insecure. So that's probably the worst thing that's happened to me. But whatever. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, that's not bad. If that's the only yeah. thing that's happened to you. 
Okay. Sure. All right. Well, we're interested in hearing today about your experience working online and, and also teaching kids. Could you give us a quick overview of your experience in those areas? Yeah, so it, my, at my institute in Bolivia, I've been teaching kids for two years. Uh, the classes can vary between six students and 12 students. So they're group classes. So I've been doing that for two years. And obviously since the pandemic has uh, happened, since March this year, we've been online teaching the kids in Bolivia. Uh, so that's been that's been a little bit different to having group classes yeah because i like my i like my group classes especially to be dynamic to be moving to play games to be running and and uh yeah moving around the classroom and i also work for uh, i have worked for chinese companies that teach english uh since may last year right okay i think it's really interesting that you've you've been teaching online with some of these chinese uh, academies or platforms because here in madrid i know that that's becoming of interest to people because of the fact that academies have been closed and businesses have reduced their classes so people have been looking elsewhere so going back to the classes in the academy that you're teaching the group classes what would you say are some of the top tips about managing a class of, of children? It can, be, it can be quite daunting, especially when there's 12 students. And I'm not sure what the, what the experience is like in, in, in Madrid where you are, but the kids come to us on a Friday afternoon and a Saturday morning when school has finished. So they've kind of switched off and they can be a little, you know, rowdy and a little loud. So... This is what I've learned from uh, the two years. Don't just sit there and get them to work off worksheets and colour in and do all that sort of stuff. They need to be active, okay? Uh, For example, if I'm teaching something like uh, adverbs of frequency, always, never, I have like a a little graph on the board and I say a sentence, I usually get up at seven o'clock and they have to run to the board and touch the correct box. Okay, so they're they're learning from games and activities where they're moving and and getting their hearts pumping. Okay, what's one thing you would say is most important to do when teaching kids face to face? Mm. Be prepared because kids finish activities super quick. (laughs) If they're doing a if they're doing a reading task and they're answering questions, it's something that maybe the adults or the teenagers might take a little bit longer to do because they want to they want to you know translate every word and understand every bit. Kids will just look for the answer and and put true or false straight away. So the activities definitely take a shorter amount of time. Also it's very important I found to have a warmer um So have like a couple of games up your sleeve to at the start of the lesson and maybe at the end of the lesson so that the kids can keep interested and and maintain their enthusiasm about learning English. Have games that are connected to what they're learning also is a good is a good idea. And what would you say are the main differences between teaching kids face to face and teaching them online? In the classroom, you have a lot more control over what the kids are doing. You can monitor them and you can go around and check their book, check their work to see if they're actually answering correctly. You can give them proper feedback. 
uh, whereas online, you can't see their book unless they take a photo and send it to you. Uh, and I, I ask my students to do that, but some of them don't do it. So it's, it's more difficult to give feedback online to kids, especially. So Ollie, you're using Zoom regularly, I think, with your online teaching. Um, would you give us any tips about how to best to use Zoom and to how to interact with your kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've found that using the breakout rooms for group work is a good opportunity for them to, to be speaking. Uh, because if we're having a group conversation, uh, like everyone together on the, the main page, it's not all kids can speak um, because of time, right? There's, we only have the classes are an hour long. So I find that putting them into groups and me going in between groups, like quickly, not quickly, but like quick enough, uh, it gives them all an opportunity to speak. It encourages them to practice with each other. Um, so I try and use that to, uh, as much as I can to get them to speak English. The trouble there is, I think, as I've said, is sometimes you can enter a breakout room and they, they're not speaking, uh, which is why it's important for you as the teacher to get into each room. <laughs> I've made it a rule. Camera's on. If you don't have your camera on, I message your parents. And, ah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, so ca camera's on and it's part of your participation mark. Ah, very good. Well done. It's a good way to manage the... <laughs> Yeah, situation. Exactly. What would you say are your top three tips for our new TEFL teachers who are interested in teaching online? I would encourage new teachers to join online groups. Uh, there's tons and these have like 30,000 members and a lot of them give some really good tips and hints for new teachers to, who are starting online. The second thing I would encourage them to do is on those Facebook pages and uh, to do your research, find a company that works for you uh, because some companies require you work a certain number of hours. Some companies pay you a certain amount. Uh, some companies you can't take holiday leave. So you definitely need to do your research because each company, while although they, the purpose is to teach English, they have different structures that may be a little bit uncomfortable for you at the moment. For example, uh, I work for Wales English and they give me two two-week leaves every six months. I have to work a minimum of eight uh, peak hour slots between seven and nine Beijing time. So, And I work in the morning for, uh, for them and I work in the evening in Bolivia and it fits well into my schedule. So, And I did a lot of research about Wales English before I, I chose them. And the third thing is each employee of the companies has a referral link or a referral code. Use that referral code and use that person to ask questions, to get advice. Make sure that they are helping you in the process to get hired. Because if you've got that person that can help you, they've been through it, they know exactly what it's like and they can give you the best advice to make sure that you're doing the right things. And would you tell us a little bit about the, what it's like teaching uh, kids in Beijing? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, they, they offer different types of courses from phonics to reading uh, to more communicative courses. And I teach like the young kids phonics. So, yeah, I teach them. They're, they're mainly young kids that uh, vary from three years old. And I think they can go up to 14 or 15, but I don't have any of them. 
the majority of the majority of my students are young boys who are about five or six years old and they're beginners so we're learning how to we're learning um colors we're learning how to we're learning food we're learning clothes we're learning what do you like i like this i like that so it's just we learn language frames rather than grammar so here's the language frame i like chicken i don't like eggs here's the language frame let's try and get you to use it um and trying to use to extend on their knowledge a little bit more with different types of food is that their preference of how to teach there when is that the information you get given when you join the platform this is the the methodology that we use to teach yeah basically each lesson has a has a has a learning outcome as like all lessons do uh, and it's basically delivered in in the form of a language frame so we'll give you the language frame and then you just have to use it uh, you're given all the powerpoints all the material it's just trying to adapt it to the students' needs and uh, to make it a little bit more interactive and fun. Okay, but that's a positive, yes? They're providing materials and information. That, that's a big plus for a teacher. Absolutely. <laughs> what would you say are maybe the cultural differences in teaching in Bolivia and in teaching kids in Beijing? Yeah, so I've had a few comments from... Uh, my my contact at the company that the, the Wales English company saying, "Hey teacher, um, don't have don't have conversations with the students. Just just focus on the material in class." Okay. Uh, and normally this yeah, it's quite interesting, right? Normally I start the lesson, "Hey, how are you? Tell me about your day. What have you been doing?" And all that sort of stuff, just to like break the ice and get them thinking about English um, English words. So that's really interesting that you would share that because I think it's worth teachers recognizing that maybe things are a bit different in another country. I mean, a lot of our new TEFL teachers won't necessarily have experience one way or another at this point if they're just starting out, but it'd be good for them to know that there could be variations in in how they teach if they're teaching online in different cultures, different places. Yeah. And I just want to point out as well that they're very strict the Chinese companies. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I haven't had problems, but like I've had classes that I basically have 30 weeks of classes with the same students and parents have three weeks to just no, two weeks, I think, to decide if they like you as a teacher. Okay. And I've had classes that have come for two weeks. Some have come for one week and then they've just dropped off my schedule and they've changed teachers. And it's important for new teachers to not take that personally um, and it goes back to the parents' preference, to what they want for their student, uh, excuse me, what they want for their child. Um, so I, I, I've learned not to take things personally if, if something changes on your schedule. Sure. But I don't, I don't want to undervalue the, the, how great I love teaching for the Chinese company because it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's made available me to travel and save money, like a lot of money as well. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think you, it's nice to hear all sides of the story. You know, it's about letting people know what they can expect, which is, mm -hmm. which is key. Okay, um, loving all this information, Ollie. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations for any platforms that you think people would be worth trying? I mean, you've mentioned Whale English there. That's Whale spelled W H A L E. Is that correct? Whales with an S. Yeah, Wales English. Yeah, this is the one I work for. It's great. 
Uh, I have a pretty good schedule. There's different bonuses for the weekend. If I work 7 to 9 p.m. Beijing time, which is in the morning for me, I get a $5 bonus on top of my, my hourly salary. So that definitely helps. So I haven't had a problem with them personally. And if people, if people are interested, they can definitely send me an email or a message on LinkedIn or however uh, they can get in contact with me. And I can definitely chat with them about okay. that. What, what is your um, email or full name or LinkedIn address then? Tell us. Uh, can yeah, so my email is olivalevido92, O-L-I-V-E-R-L-E-V-I-D-O, 92, at gmail.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn at Oli, O-L-L-I-E, Levido, my last name. <laughs> So just before we wrap up, Ollie, I want to ask you to share a little bit about your videos that you're doing. This is the reason that you and I got in contact because I saw in LinkedIn you posting information about your videos. And I thought, ah, oh, no, this is interesting. Here's a man talking about English on videos and I'm talking about English on podcasts. So let's, <laughs> let's connect. So why don't you tell our listeners about that? Because they may be interested in finding out a bit more. Um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel called uh, Ollie Levito. And on that channel, I'm trying to like introduce teaching English uh, to people who are thinking about traveling abroad and bringing different perspectives from different teachers from every country in different parts of the world. So I've done an episode on Bolivia. I've done an episode on Vietnam, done an episode on China. And hopefully I can do some more episodes on about people uh, teaching in different parts of the world. And the idea is to answer some questions, basically what this podcast does, answer some questions that you might be, uh, that you might have about going overseas and teaching uh, in different countries, whether it be from how to get a visa, what's the schools like, the daily life, advice and tips. We basically answer all the questions on there. And I also um, have videos about my life here in Bolivia as well, if people are interested in <laughs> learning about that too. What, uh, what would be your final tip then for our new teachers listening in? Anything you f think is one thing you'd like to say to them about now they're starting out as English teachers? Yeah, absolutely. Basically, the whole of the world is teaching online, uh, English online. And you're very lucky if you're teaching face-to-face because -face, that's, I love teaching face-to-face. -face. But what I want to say is if you're starting online and it's not what you expect, stick with it because next year when things, you know, return to normality, teaching face-to-face -face is super rewarding. It's super fun. And if you stick with online teaching and you get into the classroom, you won't regret it. I promise you. Ah, that's nice. That's a nice encouragement there, Ollie. Well done. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap it up now. Um, we're going to let you go. I'm sure you've got lots to do with your plans to move to Brazil in the not too distant future. Um, thank you so much for coming online and, and chatting to us. No, thank you so much. I appreciate the time and I hope that uh, your listeners have got something out of it. It's been really fun and really enjoyable and very informative. 